And we are back. Welcome back to the Depressed Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about, yes, our Cincinnati Reds. This is going to be a Cincinnati Reds-based podcast on this episode. Who would have thought that on July 13, 2023, as I record this podcast, that I'll be talking about, that I would be still talking about the Cincinnati Reds. Raise your hands if you guys thought that before the season started. Okay, you guys are lying right now if you guys have your hands up. But it's been one hell of a first half season for the Cincinnati Reds. And the All-Star break was this week. And to be honest, guys, I didn't watch the Home Run Derby because I didn't really care. I didn't really care for the All-Star game as well. But the National League defeated the American League for the first time, I believe, in 11 years, if I'm correct on that. If not, it's been, a, it's been a hot minute, okay, since the National League have won the All-Star game. So good for us since the Reds are in the National League, I guess. The Reds only had one All-Star representative on the NL, and that was closer Alexis Diaz, who did pitch in that game, scoreless inning. Well done, Alexis. I didn't want him to go. I want him to just throw like 10 pitches, honestly, because that man needs a break. He needed his all-star break, and he deserved to be in Seattle as a Reds lone representative in the all-star game. But I would not have been upset if he didn't pitch in that game just because I just want him to rest because he has been a workhorse in that closer spot for the Reds during the first half. And he's pretty much been the reason why where the Reds are right now. And currently, the Reds are in first place in the National League Central Division standings as we sit July 13, 2023. The Reds are 50-41. and 41. They're nine games over 500. That's wild. And their last series was against the Milwaukee Brewers. And I remember talking to you guys last week saying that this that was an important series. The Reds swept the Nationals four games in a row last week. And then they went into Milwaukee and lost two out of three. Bummer, yes. But at the same time, the Reds are still in first place. But the Reds have to start beating the Milwaukee Brewers in the second half. And, weirdly enough, the Reds are going to open up the second half playing the Milwaukee Brewers Friday night at Great American Ballpark for three huge games in Cincinnati, Reds have to Reds have to take two out of three. They got to. They're only two and five against the Brewers this year. You have to beat this team if you want to think about winning the National League Central Division for the first time since the 2012 season. So you got to get it done. But we're going to talk about the best of the Cincinnati Reds first half. I'm just going to just name some games that I thought that were very memorable in the first half. And then we're going to dive into the second half schedule, look at the opponents for the National League Central Division standings for the teams, because this division race, I have a feeling it's going to come down to the wire. And all this week, I've just been looking at the schedules for all the teams in the division, and it's... (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be close, y'all. It's going to be close. And that's what makes baseball fun. And that's why it's so awesome that the Reds are in contention 
to win in the division. It's crazy to just even utter those words out of my mouth. So it's, it's a fun time to be a Reds fan. And we deserve this, guys. We do. To the OG Reds fans out there that have been with this team through thick and mud, through just shitty ownership. And hey, the ownership remains shitty, okay? I still don't like the Castellinis. I still think they need to sell the team. But I have to give general manager Nick Kroll credit. He's a weird, odd fellow. But <sighs> I, I do give him some credit. I really do. But I'm never, ever going to give Bob Castellini credit. Never, ever in my life. Even the Reds win the World Series this year. Okay? Going out of limb. But it... it no. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. You won't catch me on that bullshit at all. Oops, sorry. Family, family friendly podcast. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's, that's my stance on the Reds' ownership. Even though we're doing so good right now, I still don't like them. And I'll continue not to like them until they're gone. Period. <laughs> okay, so the first half. Now, the beginning of the season, it was not promising. It was going to look like the Reds are going to be what we anticipate the Reds being in 2023. But there were some highlights in April. April 15th, the Reds took on the defending National League champions, Philadelphia Phillies. And whew, the Reds won that game on the 15th of April by a final score of 13 to nothing. Yes, you heard right. 13 nothing. Reds had 14 hits as a team. Will Myers, remember that name? Yeah, he's, he's not a Red anymore, but in this game, he had two home runs and he had four hits. That was pretty much his best game ever as a Cincinnati Red as he was released from the team about a month ago. On April 17th, the Reds took on the Tampa Bay Rays, who came into that game with a 14-2 record and off to one of the best starts by a team to begin the season. Reds won game one, 8-1. I remember when I saw that the Reds were taking on the Rays for three games at Great American Ballpark in the middle of April. I was like, oh boy, we're, gonna, we're about to get run through. But the Reds run through the Rays in game one. Unfortunately, Hunter Green left that game in the third inning with a leg injury. Hunter Green's in the I.O. right now dealing with a hip injury. Hopefully, he'll be back in August. That's what they're saying, but I haven't heard anything since. Kevin Newman, who the Reds signed in the offseason, had three hits and a home run in that game. But also, the Reds proceeded to lose <laughs> the, the next two games of that series against the Rays. The Rays pretty much... Destroyed them <laughs> those, those last two games. I believe the Rays took the L in game one pretty personally. <laughs> but, hey, that was a good moment. The Reds beating the Rays in the first game of that series. April 24th through the 26th, a Texas sweep of the Rangers. The Rangers are in first place in the American League West right now. The fact that the Reds swept them, now the Reds were at home, but still, the Rangers are the better team, and 
the these games, these three games were wild, okay? Game one, TJ Friedel had a walk-off single. Game two, the Reds trailed 6 nothing, scored six in the bomb eighth inning. And then John Denny had a go-ahead two-run single to preserve the win in game two. And then game three, Nick Senzel hit a walk-off two-home walk-off two-run home run in the finale. That home run, guys, for Nick Senzel to win it for the Reds and to complete the sweep of the Texas Rangers, it snapped at the time the team's longest homerless drought in 32 years. The Reds went eight games without a home run. (laughs) Yes, so after the Rays win on April 17th, the Reds did not hit a home run for eight games in a row. When Nick Senzel hit that to left field, I was like, hallelujah, fireworks came out of those Pepsi stacks at Great American Ballpark. It's about damn time. (laughs) Man, that was a wild series. Who would have thought the Reds swept? Who would have thought the Reds even be competitive against the Rangers at that time? Let alone sweep them? Like, What? Telling you, the first half was wild for Cincinnati Reds baseball, guys. <laughs> May 12th through May 14th, the Reds had a nice series win in Miami against a very solid Marlins team who won the thick of it in the National League wildcard race. Marlins are a really good team. They're right now in the All-Star break. They're 10 games. I believe they're over 10 games over 500, obviously. But... You know what's the bad thing for them is that the Atlanta Braves are in the same division as the Miami Marlins, and they obviously have the best record <laughs> in the National League right now. The Marlins are 53 and 39. Like, <laughs> that's a good record, y'all. But the Atlanta Braves are 60. And 29, the Marlins are in second place. They're eight and a half games out of the East. Wow, that's crazy. The Braves are just such a juggernaut. But at that time, that was such a good, solid series win for the Reds. In the opener of that series, Jake Fraley had a three-run home run in the ninth inning to break a 4-4 tie. Reds won that game 7-4. And then... Where's my other sheet? I'm over here just all over the place. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me some grace. Man, I am tripping right now. I didn't write anything. Oh. No, that was it. That was pretty much it. That's all I wrote down. That was that pretty much the big highlight of that series was Fraley's. 3-1 home run. The go-ahead 3-1 home run in the first game. So, big 2 out of 3 win over the Miami Marlins. And then, May 15th was the start of the Reds bringing their rookies. And the first rookie to come out of the minor leagues was the debut of Matt McClain. The Reds' 17th overall pick in the 2021 MLB Draft. Had a first big league hit, was a double against the Colorado Rockies in Coors Field. He went one for four, scored two runs, and walked. It was only the beginning of the young Reds making an immediate impact 
on this year's ball club. Even though the Reds lost that game, I was just very happy that the Reds were saying, all right, you know what? It's time to bring in the young rookie guns. And Matt McClain was number one. If you're hearing that right now, there's some construction going on. And I apologize. It's really pissing me off right now. I mean, can y'all be a little louder? Ugh. Sorry. (laughs) All right. So, May 26th through May 28th, a series sweep of the Chicago Cubs in Chicago. That was a great series for the Reds. They, They really needed that. And they pretty much took it to the Cubs in that series. And then May 30th through June 1st, a series win over the Boston Red Sox. That was a really entertaining series. And I felt like, you know, at that time, I'm like, you know what? This Reds ball club, they're going to be in every game this year, meaning that they're going to compete no matter what. And they're going to play to the final out. And I don't know. I just felt like, you know what? This is not going to be the Reds of 2022. They're a whole lot better this season. And then June 8th, 2003, a day we're all going to remember as Reds fans. It's a day that everything changes for this ball club's direction for the whole season and for the future. It was the highly anticipated debut of Ellie De La Cruz against the Los Angeles Dodgers. De La Cruz, first at bat, he drew a walk. Second, rocked a double. It was, I believe, it was scored 117 miles per hour off the bat, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> so, De La Cruz, three at-bats, one hit, two walks, struck out once. He scored a run. In that game, the Reds trailed 8-3. to three. They chipped away any after inning. And then Matt McClain singled the deep center with the bases loaded to complete the comeback. Reds 9, Dodgers 8. That was great because I'm like, okay, this team, all right, here we go. And then the next day, De La Cruz, first big league home run was a shot to right field that went 458 feet for a two-run home run to even the game at two in the bottom of the first inning. The Reds trailed 6-2 and then came back in the bottom of the third inning with four runs, including a Tyler Stevenson home run to right field for the tie. And then it was pretty much a pitcher's drill. And then the ninth inning, magic again for the Cincinnati Reds. Will Benson, searching for his first career home run, rocked the baseball to right field, a 420-foot shot for a walk-off two-run home run to complete another comeback victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Reds take two out of three of that series. That was, that series pretty much was like, okay, these Cincinnati Reds, they might be for real. They're going to be in this for a while. And then June 10th through June 23rd, the 12-game winning streak. Whew, that winning streak had pretty much every game was dramatic. 
like the Reds will jump out to a lead and then they had to hold on. Right? You win the first you win the the last two games of the series against the Cardinals. You sweep the Kansas City Royals. You sweep the Houston Astros, which that shocked me. I was like, what the hell? And then you sweep the Colorado Rockies. And then you win the first game against the Atlanta Braves in dramatic fashion. Ellie De La Cruz cycle. Joey Bottles two home runs. Like, what? That, that winning streak was probably... One of the funnest times I've had as a Reds fan is just watching this team. It, it just felt like every game was like a playoff game, especially that Braves series. Great moments during that winning streak. So that was pretty much my first half highlights, the best first half highlights of the Cincinnati Reds so far in 2023. Now... All-Star game is over. Now we look ahead to the second half of the season. Here we go. The Reds have a really tough stretch in July. In the middle of July, coming up, guys. And as I said in the beginning of the podcast, I'm looking at the opponents for each team in the National League Central Division. And I pretty much went through from the toughest to easiest opponents for the teams in the division. So as you look at the second half schedule, the Pirates have the toughest schedule out of all the teams in the division. And as you look at the Pirates, they're eight games under 500. Are they going to be a threat? <sighs> I'm not sure. They had their little run to begin to begin the season, winning like 11 or 12, and then they went back to being the Pirates, and then they started playing a little bit well lately, and now, you know, they're losing games because of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So we want to look at their toughest to easiest opponent's schedule for the second half. That could come back to bite me if the Pirates somehow pull off the miracles of all miracles. But let's look at the Milwaukee Brewers, who the Reds are going to be <laughs> contending it's going to be the Brewers, and I'm never going to count the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Cubs are – the Cubs have talent. I'm just – I'm not going to count the Cubs out as well. But let's look at the Brewers from the toughest to the easiest opponents. Six more against the Braves, seven more against the Marlins, three against the Dodgers, three against the Rangers, six against the Reds, six against the Phillies, now it gets easy. Three against the Rockies, six against the Nationals, three against the White Sox, seven against the Cardinals, seven against the Pirates, six against the Cubs. If you look at the easiest opponents for the Brewers, man, they can take advantage when they comes playing against the Cardinals and the Pirates. They got them both seven times, so they can do damage in that. But man, taking on the Braves for six games and the Marlins for seven games, that's tough. Then you got six more against the Reds and you got six against the Phillies. Oof, oof. Tough stretch for the Brewers right there. But also, let's look at, let's look at our Reds because their stretch is not, <laughs> it's not easy as well. 
Reds got three more against the Marlins, three more against the Dodgers, seven against the Arizona Diamondbacks, three against the Toronto Blue Jays, seven against the San Francisco Giants, six more against the Brewers, three more against the Nationals, gets easier, six against the Cardinals, three against the Detroit Tigers, six more against the Pittsburgh Pirates, three more against the New York Mets, and then eight more against the Chicago Cubs. I think they got to take advantage of those eight games against the Cubs. Now, those games won't be easy because I think the Cubs are actually a decent team, but the Reds have to win those games when they do come up against the Cubs. And then you got to win those games against the Pirates. But the stretch that I'm looking at coming up for the Reds in July is they got four against the San Francisco Giants in Cincinnati next week. And then they got three against the Diamondbacks next weekend as well. So seven more against the D-backs, seven more against the Giants. That's going to be tough. And then you got three more against the Dodgers. So pretty much as I look at it, the NL West opponents for the Reds, I believe that's going to determine if the Reds are going to win the NL Central or maybe the Reds are going to be battling out for the National League wildcard spots. But I believe those NL West games are going to be crucial, crucial to the Reds. They want to they, they be a division champions. They got to do well against the National League West opponents of the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and the San Francisco Giants. And then after July Listen, baseball is a weird sport. Anything can happen any given night, okay? But the Reds' schedule, it gets better. I won't say it's easier, but it's it's manageable. They can get some wins. But you have to win those games that you should win. So, you remember what happened in 2001? They were in the wildcard spot, and then they collapsed in September, and then the St. Louis Cardinals... Went on that long-ass winning streak. Let's hope that doesn't happen this time around, two years later. I hope not. I'm definitely not counting the Cardinals out. Like I said, I'm not counting out the Cubs. I'm kind of I'm kind of am counting out the Pirates. Like I said, it could come back to bite me. But right now, as we sit on July 13th, the Pirates are eight and a half games out of the division. Cubs are seven games out, and the Cardinals, oof, they're 38 and 52, 11 and a half games out in the National League Central Division. They're the second worst team in the National League as a whole. No, I lied. They're third worst. Either way, I, that team is not good, but I just, you can never count out that team. I hate that team so much, but you can't count them out. I can't, can't. So, that's pretty much it. And I think we're all waiting for the health status or the health update of Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo. They're both going to throw in Arizona. And they're saying August. I haven't heard anything since. But I think you got to get those two back. And then a 10-game homestand to begin the second half of the season. 
Three against the Brewers, four against the Giants, three against the Diamondbacks. All playoff hopeful teams. So it's not going to be easy. Even though you're going to be home at Great American Ballpark, which the Reds are only two games over 500, you, you got to at least go six and four in this homestand coming up. At least six and four. And then can this team withstand the dog days of August in Major League Baseball? Can they keep it up or will it be too much? These rookies, they just play baseball. They don't really care about what other people are saying. Oh, is there, uh, are their matches going to run run out in August and September? They're just playing baseball and having fun and winning. So can they withstand the dog days of August? I think they can. They're going to go through a stretch where they're going to be tested. And I'm looking forward to that stretch because I want to see what this team is made of. This young team. If they can get through that, man, the sky is open for the Cincinnati Reds this year. But here's the thing, guys. And I'm going to continue to say this. It's not a win now for this team. They're They're way ahead of schedule, man. They really are. What I'm just looking forward to is just the development of these players and now and how they handle these type of expectations that people are going to put on them for the rest of the season. Some people out there are saying the Reds are going to win the National League Central. People are start people are starting to talk about them. It's now it's up to the players to ignore the noise and just keep playing the way they've been playing over the last month and a half. They can do that. They can just silence the noise and just play Cincinnati Reds baseball, which is just never giving up. Just be aggressive on the bases. 110 stolen bases. That's wild (laughs) at the All-Star break. But just play Reds baseball. They can do that and withstand the holes that is in the pitching staff. And if the Reds can go out there in a trade deadline, get an arm or two for the rotation and probably another arm in the back end of that bullpen, here we go. This team could be playing October, but, 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 that's TBD to be determined. But I'm looking forward to the second half of Reds baseball. I know the Bengals training camp is coming up in two weeks from now, but right now, I feel like everyone's talking about the Cincinnati Reds, and that's a good thing. It really is. The city's on fire right now. FC is still on top of the league in MLS. You got Cincinnati Bearcats football starting up soon. They have Big 12 Media Day today. Man. and It's a good time to be a Cincinnati sports fan. Said that a couple of weeks ago on a podcast. So, if you guys haven't been to a Reds game this year, what are you doing? Get your butts to Great American Ballpark, Okay. This team is so fun to watch. Their crowds haven't been amazing lately. And I think those crowds are going to continue to stay amazing as we move ahead to the second half of the season. So get out there. Support this team. They deserve it. They need your support. And let's go. Second half of baseball. Let's do it. All right, guys. I am out. You guys have a good weekend. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. If you guys are listening to this podcast on Spotify, leave a rating, leave a review. It's greatly appreciated. I appreciate 
all my listeners, my day zero listeners, and also to the new listeners and new followers, welcome and enjoy the ride. It's going to be great. All right, I'm out. Love you guys. See you guys next week. Peace.